0: I want to know more about your coffee habits. Oh no. <laughs> You're going to publicly <laughs> shame me. Uh, I have a I have a very difficult uh, relationship with caffeine in that I get headaches immediately if I don't drink it and my energy levels are just bonkers if I have it. How long has it been since you've had caffeine? Mm at least 9 months. Does that mean you have a headache every day? No, 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 no. Of course, like when I'm when I don't drink uh caffeine, if I don't take caffeine, then I'm fine, but if I drink it and then I don't drink it for whatever reason, then I get headaches. Hence why you're drinking decaf coffee right now yeah somebody pointed out to me the other day that i don't do anything right like i uh i (laughs) because i'm i'm drinking decaffeinated coffee with oat milk what's wrong with that uh it's just two things that were like
1: you know alternatives
0: not the norm exactly not the actual thing
1: but that's yeah but oat milk and coffee is delicious Mm -hmm. like i'm not a fan of soy milk and coffee or even almond milk and coffee but Oat milk is, mwah.
0: yeah, it's the best.
1: I'm so tired. I think, you know, I'm past the point of being just like tired and lethargic to the point where I am tired and now crazy. You're hyper, I'm just like exactly hyper yeah. tired. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's really the perfect balance. Yeah, it's gonna be great. This is going to be great. I can't um, wait, really. Yeah, hello everyone. This is a new show. This is the weekly hook. This is not. So, the, I guess since this is the very first episode, I'm going to explain the premise of it that uh one of us chooses a topic to talk about each week without the other knowing what it's going to be. Uh and those topics could be anything from media to food to just whatever piques our interest at the time. It's going to be weekly episodes, the same feed, and it's just because, you know, our interests go beyond Uh, In this example, for this example, uh, Star Wars. Do they really? They do, surprisingly. Um, And it is kind of the exact opposite of Serially Hooked, where we talk about in depth about one topic over a long period of time. And this is more a piecemeal one-off sort of thing. It's more free-flowing, maybe. And um, yeah, I'm excited to get into it.
1: Yeah, I'm actually really excited for a completely different format for our podcasts, right? Um, I think it'll have a different vibe. it would be more casual, relaxed. Um, not to say that we're really stuck up in general, um, the but the, <laughs> right there could def there is definitely a structure for how we go about talking about Star Wars. But for this, is more we're more loosey goosey. Uh,
0: yeah, you say that, but uh, this is a- I am as prepared as I have ever been. I have a structure, but that's just me. And well that makes one of us then. I know. I know. I mean I am the one who is prepared, right? So that, that's did, a good that point. just fits into the premise of it. But do not expect a high level of preparation from me
1: <laughs> next week.
0: Yeah, I know that's that's fine. Um we're just each of us just going to do it the way we feel like at the, any given time, uh, at any given moment. So that's fine. Um I just want to address something uh, and I'm going to ask you this question. Are we being greedy? Is this just, are we blinded by our enthusiasm of our launch of Serially Hook that we're now doing a second weekly podcast? What's going on? Are we going to burn out within a month? Yeah, we may be, but so what? <laughs> That's the spirit. <laughs> okay, cool. So I have a question for you. Yes. When you watch movies, how much, how much attention goes to the music?
1: Yeah, that's a really interesting question. Um, so a lot sometimes and not at all other times, I would say. So I would say not, like 75% of the time, not too much, right? But there is this 25% of films that are just at a different tier that I say that I would really listen to very intently and appreciate significantly. Would you say those are also the best soundtracks? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I have to say that I haven't, I don't remember a time where I've gone back and listened to a movie soundtrack.
0: Oh, really? You've never listened to a soundtrack?
1: No. Wow. Um, I always listen to what's going on within the context
0: of the film. Oh, that's interesting. So, because, uh, I came to this topic because recently I have done a lot of, uh, reading and proofreading and writing, and I can't do any of these things with music playing as long as it, is, and some, but sometimes it works if it's just instrumental music. The problem with a lot of even instrumental music is that um, if it's a film score, for example, I picture, and it is from a from a film that I know know very well. I just picture the scenes in the movie whenever I hear a, a specific song. So that's kind of my problem there. But yeah, recently I listened to a lot of soundtracks. And, um, you know, there are quite a few types of visual media that are very popular that have quite distinct soundtracks. For example, Star Wars and Harry Potter, both of which uh, are scored by John Williams, Lord of the Rings, with the score by Howard Shaw. We have series like Game of Thrones by Ramin Jawadi, or even Cowboy Bebop by uh, Yoko Kano, and there is a director that both of us like, whose work we really adore, and that's Hayao Miyazaki, and he has a very, very strong working relationship with uh, the composer Joe Hisaishi, and that's who I'm going to talk about today, or we are going to talk about.
1: Well, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll give my
0: two cents, but for for whatever they're worth. Yeah, I'm going to do a little bit of my spiel here and then you can chime in whenever you feel like it. I might just ask you questions every once in a while. Sure. Well. So um, just as a little bit of background, Joe Hisaishi that's ag- not his actual name, which Wow, I, you really went like deep into this. I'm very excited. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm g- yeah, just What's brief- his mother and father's name, please? I don't know. I just know his name is Mamoru Fujisawa. He was born in the Nagano prefecture in Japan in Beautiful prefecture. He started playing the violin at age four. He, and, and that act, uh, instrument actually plays a huge role in many of his scores. Um, second, maybe only to the piano. He watched thousands of movies during his childhood with his, together with his father, which obviously influenced him. Uh, he attended the renowned Kunitachi college of music and was very much influenced by Philip Glass, Eric Satie and, uh, Minimalist electronic music that was popular in 1970s Japan at the time. And minimalism is also something that is very obviously part of his oeuvre. <laughs> and yeah, his alias, I learned that today, is apparently inspired by the legendary artist and producer Quincy Jones. Really? Yeah, I can't, I can quickly li- live Google it if you want. Do it, please. Let's. It's let's, super interesting. We're a fan of the live Google here. <laughs> On C. Really Hook. Sure. Uh, I'm just going to read this from the Wikipedia article because I can't be bothered. So Quincy Jones became Joe Hisaishi. Quincy being pronounced Quinchi in Japanese and can be uh, written using the same kanji that are used for Hisaishi. And Joe comes from Jones. And that's uh, how that works. Yeah. So, yeah. He has his... Like great, he has great albums on his own as a musician and composer, but he's most known for for his scores with the director Takeshi Kitano until 2003, but most importantly with Hayao Miyazaki. Uh, He scored all of Miyazaki's films except the very first one that some people don't include in Miyazaki's work in general. We are going, we are probably going to do a, a serially hooked season about his movies, and I strongly suggest that we include this one it's uh the castle of caliostra from 79 yeah we'll include the whole thing probably it's a very different movie from his later works but it's just yeah it's very interesting and so i'm just going to go through all of the all of the music not all of the music but all of the mu- uh, all of the films and just briefly summarize what i like about it please uh, specifically about the scores yes yes, right? yes this is all about the scores okay. talking a little bit About the movies sometimes, but I'm also going to try to be as spoiler-free as possible. Uh, You know, this is a spoiler-friendly podcast. Is it? Relatively (laughs) speaking. If it doesn't spoil for you, then it's okay. So we're starting off with Nausicaa and the Valley of the Wind from 84. It has uh, a lot of 80s synth in there. That is, I think, the only scores... The only score that has this kind of synth music, it's obviously very much a child of its time. It hasn't. Sorry, forgive the ignorant question, but what is synth? Oh, it's just like electronic keyboard music. Not keyboard, but like think of Vangelis, for example, and um, yeah, yeah, the Blade Runner soundtrack also. And yeah, it's very like this. Or like 80s pop music as well, synth just... uh, feature very heavily there i should also say i have no idea about i have no uh theoretical knowledge or practical skills in music so uh just (laughs) to get it uh, to put this out there
1: well like we know nothing about anything right but for some reason we decided to talk to each other
0: that's just what people do on the internet (laughs) these days that's the great thing about the internet Uh, everybody can tell can voice their opinion the problem is that everyone does um, anyway, <laughs> uh, so yeah, there is like some 80s synth music in there. There is an epic chorus and um, yeah, basically the hallmark of his music like that goes throughout his all of his work is his very poignant violins and string section in particular and the piano, which is mostly very melancholic, which I I just eat that shit up um it's very it's very like appropriate for the setting of the movie i think yeah it's just beautiful um the next movie is castle in the sky from 86 and that just has this beautiful swelling music that's almost longing and that's what again i i really like about hisaishi's uh, music in general it has this sense of longing it's so beautiful but in a kind of melancholy almost tragic sort of way there's a trumpet fanfare in one of the songs that's just so gorgeous and it it just interchanges there so it's at some point there's this orchestral bombardment and then it very very quickly but sub- subtly uh, switches into minimalism and it's just yeah it's just really nice Next up we have My Neighbor Totoro which is very iconic. I mean the sa- also the song like the uh, the uh, the title track is just so iconic. It's so catchy, so cute. It's um yeah, I learned today that this is uh based on a children's march so or like it is a children's march basically. No idea what that is but just throwing <laughs> throwing it out there. Um yeah, it's just very very iconic as totoro also is you know I mean he's in the uh, in the studio Ghibli logo basically
1: may I interject here quickly yes with a hot take go for it I do not like that movie oh interesting I actively do not like it um, I'm and I'm already... sure we'll discuss why yeah. later on but okay. I find it uninteresting okay. for the most part um, maybe it's a similar what you have experienced many times where the <laughs> um you know the hype of the movie is so high and it just doesn't meet my expectations uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah. um but yeah I, I no, that's my hot take for totoro that's not fine. interested
0: i actually i uh also a quick aside i i was about to message you like a week ago maybe just for for fun uh i mean <laughs> it sounds like we're never we're <laughs> all talking business all the time but um I had this thought, like, because we're both really into ranking stuff. And I, uh, of course, we were going to do a Miyazaki season at some point. so I just thought, what what would be your Miyazaki ranking? Um, and I just, because I had just done it just for fun, just for the hell of it. Uh, and yeah, it was give, pretty Give difficult. me your top three. Uh, my top three. Oof, I don't want to Three, two, it. one. Just give me a little teaser. We'll get to Miyazaki in like two years, people. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I need to find it. I took a photo of it, but uh, I have taken a lot of photos recently. In the meantime, I think my um,
1: number three is, I would say, yeah, it's just a boring answer. I'm so sorry. I think number three for me is Mononoke. Mm. Two is Spirited Away. And one is Howl's Moving Castle. I think that would be my three. Just
0: off the top of my head, I don't have anything prepared for that. Yeah, it's funny. I have something prepared, but it's not here, so that's cool. Um, I think from the top of my head it is Kiki. How? Oh, I forgot Kiki. I oh, it's so stupid of me. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Spirited Away is not. So, okay, okay. While while I'm still I'm still stalling, but um what do you think is the most so so you'd say that um Totoro is the possibly the most overrated Miyazaki movie? Am I getting it yeah. right? Yeah. I would say that um,
1: *Spirited Away* is also very hyped. I would say, yeah. Oh man, you threw a wrench in—you uh, threw a wrench in my three, two, one rankings off the top of my head <laughs> by adding Kiki's delivery service in there. Because
0: I mean, you did that by forgetting Kiki.
1: Don't blame me on your shortcomings. Yeah, that's just my fault, um, and really, I should bear that sin for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> No, okay, so I, I, I'm changing these rankings. I'm sorry. My, a... my impromptu rankings... Okay, give me a sec. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> my impromptu rankings are three Mononoke,
0: two Kiki, one Howl. I have Kiki on three, Howl on two, and Mononoke on one. <laughs> I, I have to say, though, it's kind of with a grain of salt. This is just my personal favorites. It's not the best ones. Um, oh, of course, of course. These are we gravitate towards... Yeah, uh because also Mononoke and Howl are my the first two that I saw.
1: Yeah, Kiki's the
0: first for me. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I had watched those two like uh so I I have probably seen both of them together maybe close to 100 times. Wow. <laughs> I know I know when I got the DVD for Howl, I watched it I think 12 times in 14 days. That's that's commitment right there for sure. Yeah. So I'm just going to say, I'm not going to answer my own question with the most overrated, uh, but the most underrated is definitely Polkoroso for me. It's it's so overlooked. It has problems, like there's like some sexism in it, not on part of the movie, but on part of the characters, um, which is just really weird for a, for a Miyazaki movie, who is usually, you know, I wonder um, if that has to do with
1: um just the simplicity of like the branding of it is not as good as the other ones I would say. Yeah, I guess. I wonder I guess, I guess because so. just like when I close my eyes and think of it, it's less iconic and less visually appealing to just watch from a um from an outside perspective, which I think I would say that for example, the juxtaposition of that for me is Ponyo, which is not as good as a film, but mm. is more the poster is more enticing. In yeah, terms, like, I don't like Ponyo that much. Yeah, no, Ponyo is not a good film. Um, yeah. But I'd say like the little cute um, caricature of Ponyo, the name is simple and to say. I don't know. Maybe that's just me oversimplifying something that's very complicated in terms of how movies are overrated and underrated. But I'm sure visibility and popularity plays a large part into it.
0: Yeah. This is not about Miyazaki's movies, though. I need to rain. Yeah, let's go back until
1: you can continue.
0: <laughs> so yeah kiki's delivery service in 89 has these really playful violins and flutes it's all very light it's sometimes chirpy sometimes floating very appropriate for the movie it has this seaside feeling which i mean obviously i like because i like the sea um yeah we, next up we have the aforementioned porco rosso from 92 there is especially one song that's called madness um, that is almost this, like, Mickey mouse tiptoeing sort of thing. It has these very, like, short bursts of um, music, which is very different to a lot of the, you know, usual Hisaishi music, I would say. But it's, yeah, really nice. Next up, Mononoke, Princess Mononoke in 97. It's just, that is possibly the most epic of the soundtracks. Mm, which is very fitting because that movie is also very epic. It has this, these huge Japanese taiko drums, has an amazing choir, has these swelling melancholic strings and this strong those strong brass sections, mm, especially in the two songs, The Legend of Ashitaka, which is probably my number two on my favorite list of Hisaishi songs and The Cursed God, Um, whereas another really great song from their Princess Mononoke, is so beautiful. It's so strong yet soft. It's uh, it's so amazing. And this entire soundtrack is just a really good blend of Japanese and European classical music. And um, yeah, it's beautiful. Next up, we have Spirited Away from 2001. Which again has this longing piano and violins. It's just so long. Yeah, it's just such a so Hisaishi. Again, the mo- most famous song probably being A Summer's Day. One Summer's Day, sorry. It again uses a lot of Japanese instruments, which given the plot is not that surprising. Uh, like the Hichikiri, which is a sort of uh uh woodwind instrument. Uh next up, ooh. Howells' moving cars the greatest the best with the best piece of music this guy has ever created the merry go round of life such a beautiful waltz has it's like the epitome of hisaishi it's just perfect it has this and it is it the mu the the song itself is is a merry go round because it Sometimes is very fun and very playful, but it has these really gorgeous, melancholy parts with, again, piano and violin. And there are like a million versions of that song and covers and it's just so beautiful. Um, yeah, I, it, this is so gorgeous. But merry go, the merry-go-round of life is not just... Is is not the only strong song on there. There is all also, for example, Cave of Mind, which has this amazing brass section. It's just so powerful. The penultimate movie, at least so far, is from two thousand eight. It's Ponyo, uh, another Children's March, which is probably a little bit more complicated than Totoro, but and it's also cute. Um, uh, yeah, but I don't really have much more to say on that. And The Wind Rises from 2013, so far the only, uh, so far the last Miyazaki movie, um, has this really <laughs> interesting, almost Mediterranean sound to it, because it heavily uses the mandolin and the accordion and, har- and, the, and the harmonica. And um, yeah, it's just, it's very interesting as a sound, but... Maybe I'm giving away which one, which movies I prefer over over others, but um, yeah, that's my run through uh, a lot of the music. It's
1: amazing when you are talking about this because, as I'm listening to you speak, it's—I mean—crazy to think about the range of the different songs that he has and what the way he incorporates such different styles into the different films, from the epicness of mononoke and the subtlety and simplicity of kiki so i don't know i find it very interesting to see how there's such a wide range and then as you mentioned the integration of um european and uh, japanese traditional music music or i don't know if it's the styles themselves or just the instruments but either way the melding of those two art forms seems very interesting and representative of Miyazaki's unique international
0: prestige. Yeah, it's interesting, right, that those two have the same the same approach almost to their form of art. Um but yeah, I think those things that you mentioned, that's what makes a great composer. You can always tell that it's them, but it still it doesn't sound the same, you know? And uh because that would just be boring. Yeah, the the thing that it is so different Uh, just goes to show his entire range and yeah it's incredible and I could I could listen to his music all day and that's what I've done for the past few days so I would recommend to people that they check out the Budokan concert that I think is on YouTube right now probably not legally but that's not your concern Uh, and yeah he basically has I think it's 29 songs or something like that and it's a huge orchestra uh, a huge orchestra and um in front of a live audience obviously uh, back in the day it has also these amazing vocalists like soloists um that are just you know knocking it out of the park and uh, yeah check it out and i guess i'm also going to do a spotify playlist of my favorite joe hisashi songs and um people can check that out if they want. We'll put the link in the description of this episode. Cool. I don't know, is there anything you wanted to say? I don't want this to be just me. <laughs> Sorry.
1: No, no, no. This is definitely uh should be heavy on your side. Yeah. Um I'm wondering though with regards to film and music in general, the, the score. You asked me that question about how much I pay attention to it. Is this, you know, it, It seems to be a very integral part of your watching experience. Am I wrong?
0: I would say that whenever I see something for the first time, I don't pay that close attention to it unless it's just very obvious. But then with every... Because we have established before, I like to rewatch stuff if I like it. And um, yeah, then I really notice... Uh, all the different components and sometimes I listen to the soundtrack just on its own because if, when I when I watch something for the first time I don't want to think that critically about it you just want to let it wash over you exactly um, except when I mean sometimes I can't do that when it's just obviously bad like I couldn't do that for example uh, with episode 9 the Rise of Skywalker I couldn't do that because it's just such a bad movie spoiler alert <laughs> question mark question mark uh yeah and um yeah so so i don't really pay that close attention to it because i just want to focus on the experience of watching it especially when it's in a cinema but yeah yeah subsequently i definitely pay close attention to it um and then what about things like are you a fan of musicals
1: (laughs) wait let me guess let me guess um my guess is no
0: absolutely not i want to like musicals i like some musicals i haven't listened to that many i think it's an interesting art form and uh you know uh, like we both really like hamilton so that's probably going to be a an episode at some point point. and but i've yeah i've also watched other musicals or listened to them but I'm still starting out and, um, but yeah, I would, I would say I like musicals, but it's not something that I, I don't listen to them that much or watch them that much. And how about, so there's a lot of films that actually use
1: instead of like a, a a typical score, I would say they incorporate, you know, full length songs and uh, into the movie. Mm. Um, in, in my head, the first thing that comes to mind for some reason is uh, Into the Spider-Verse. I mean, which I think has a great score yeah. with and without the, the music that goes into it,
0: right? Mm. Or Baby Driver, for example.
1: Exactly, or like Baby Driver. Um, how do you kind of... Ex- so what are your thoughts on that kind of um, use of music within film?
0: I think it's a fine line to, th- to tread because... Oftentimes, it's not done well, and then it's it just seems cheap or lazy. But in the aforementioned examples, it's just it draws you into the world, uh, or or in 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 the case of Baby Driver, that's kind of part of the premise of the movie. Yeah, and when it's done well, I love it. Uh, but it, unfortunately, it isn't done well often enough.
1: Yeah, because on one side of the spectrum you have Baby Driver, and the other side of the spectrum you have Fifty Shades of Grey.
0: I don't. I haven't watched that movie. Possibly shocking everyone. (laughs) (laughs) I don't. I don't. I have heard too many things about this, about the books and the movies that I know I don't need to uh, partake in that. So you're not a fan of just watching bad movies and laughing at them? If everything is, if the stars align, if I'm like in, if if I'm in the right company, in the right mood, and all of that, but not. Yeah, I I would li- I would rather watch a good movie. Yeah, same. Same, same, um, same. For sure. Yeah, and I get really annoyed when people talk during movie movies that I like, for example. Oh, you're
1: one of those people even
0: well, if you've watched the movie before. Depends on which movie. Like if it's So, and depends on the circumstances as well. Like if I want to show them the movie and they've never seen it before. That has happened to me once where I had two friends over and I showed them this movie that I really liked, La Grande Bellezza. And I I was so hyped to finally show it to them. And they were just like not taking it seriously and talking all the time. And and eventually I was like, yeah, you guys can just go now.
1: Oh, no. And you never heard from them again?
0: No, no, I heard from them. Again, but I was just really pissed because I was so hyped. I was, yeah, I was, I loved that movie. I, I still like it. I still think it's great, but at that time, that was my movie. Yeah. And, um, for sure. Yeah, I was like so excited to share it with people. And then they like kicked me or something. I don't know. They spat in my face. Um, and so I was like, no, I'm not having any of this. And I was so infuriated. But yeah, like things like, Again, going back like any of Edgar Wright's movies, for example, uh, if I know the other people have also seen it before, like I could, I could just like talk. Yeah, we could talk it. through it for sure yeah. and appreciate the film for what it is. Yeah, but it, but I could if if I wanted to show this to anyone who hadn't seen them, uh, and they were just talking. Uh, if if I mean sometimes if it's like an appreciation thing, it's like oh my god, this is so great. It's, it's fine, but. Uh, I would They're talking about,
1: about the weather or whatever.
0: Yeah, I'm just like, no, what are you doing? Pay attention to this amazing movie. <laughs> Whichever it is. Oh, man, the Knives
1: Out is so good.
0: It's I, <laughs> I know. It's, you know, you couldn't... Oh, actually, that, that, that was part of my Knives Out experience, unfortunately. Oh no. Yeah, I was in the movie theater with our mutual friend Claire. Shout out to Claire. What's up? Uh, <laughs> and... Yeah, we were seeing it, and the the um, uh, cinema was almost empty, except for this like, it was like two like middle aged women, and then there was this couple, and the guy was clear like just on his phone the entire time and t- talking to his girlfriend, uh, and then eventually after twenty minutes or so, they just left. And wow! I could I couldn't enjoy the first twenty minutes because I was like, just this is an amazing movie, and ah and uh yeah but eventually they people like, still like, do that and like talk on the phone in the cinema no no they didn't talk on the phone They he talked to his girlfriend who was there with him but he was I on see. the phone constantly which you could yeah. obviously see because it was dark yeah and i was like what the fuck are you doing wow uh, that's yeah, a that's that a difficult one yeah but i mean amazing movie
1: well chris thank you so much for taking me through this journey of joe Hisaishi. It's really great to hear your thoughts on this and so much more. And thank you listeners for, I guess, listening. If you made it this far. Um, that was uh, the first episode of The Weekly Hook.
0: Yeah, I, it was my pleasure. And I hope everyone enjoyed it as well. And uh, yeah, I'm I am looking forward to seeing what you have in store next week. So the
1: suspense. In. If you want to get in touch, there are a few ways you can do that. Email. Write us an email to hello at seriallyhooked.com. Website. You can check out our website and suggest future topics at seriallyhooked.com. Twitter. You can find us on Twitter at seriallyhooked. If you like the show, tell a friend or 10 and rate us on Apple Podcasts. It really makes a difference and helps people discover the show. Got it in one. So So,
0: yeah, I guess that was the weekly hook cool um no there's obviously a better ending for that but
1: that's a great ending i love it (laughs)